Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am speaking to you right now from, <laughs> from a, a, a coming out of the end of a couple of consecutively just very emotional and raw days. I'm, in, I'm having one of those days today where I, I feel like I'm kind of regaining my balance a little bit or gathering myself again after what's been just a very intense and hard and overwhelming week in the middle of an intense and hard and overwhelming month. So um, I am uh, curled up in my little podcast chair, managed to get my recorder starting today. I had a moment where I, I thought I broke my podcast recorder, which for me would be disastrous, but I didn't and I'm here. And um, I have this perfect little one hour window right now to, to share and to talk to you before I go pick Leah up from preschool. And I don't know where to start. To be honest, I don't know where to start. I've had one of those weeks where, I mean, we've all had one of these months because there's just so much going on everywhere. And it's a lot of pain palpable and felt in this world. And I've had a particularly challenging couple of days just now and I'm kind of coming out on the other end of that so I'm feeling a little bit raw and a little bit unsteady and all over the place so before we dive in how about we take a moment to ground hmm. so wherever you are if you want to close your eyes close your eyes if it serves you better in this moment to keep them open. Just soften your gaze a little bit and find a spot somewhere in front of you for your gaze to rest at. And let's take a few deep, slow breaths together. Breathing in and breathing out. Breathing in 
and breathing out. Breathing in. And breathing out. Continuing this at your own pace. Finding your own rhythm of breath. Just breathing in and out through the nose right now. And give yourself a bit of space, a bit of time. So you can actually sense how you are feeling right now. Hmm. How you are doing right now. And you can do this just checking in with your body, you know, physically. How are you feeling? What do you have going on in your body today? What does it feel like in your body to sit here breathing in this way today? What do you have going on? Are you energized or tired? Are you feeling overwhelmed or numb? Are you content or anxious? Do you feel pain anywhere in your body? Do you feel spacious and alive and good? No wrong way to answer this question, right? Just checking in with yourself, with your body. How are you doing? And whatever comes up from there. Oftentimes our minds like to attach a thing to that. Especially if the thing that we're or the emotion that we're experiencing, or the feeling that we're sitting with isn't comfortable, our mind likes to say or go, okay, so let's fix that. What can I do to feel better, to feel different, to turn this around? Maybe your mind tells you, oh, I should, you know, go for a walk, or do this, or do that, or clean the house, or sometimes the mind says, oh, if you just, like, quit your job, or lose some weight, or... (laughs) Make a sweeping change in your life, you'll feel better. And of course, the remedy for whatever it is you are experiencing right in this moment is to give it a little bit of space, right? The remedy for the feeling is to allow the feeling, to process the feeling, to sit with the feeling to the extent that we can, right? And that's an important thing to remember We're not always able to be with all of our emotion, right? Sometimes it's too much. Sometimes it's very overwhelming. So we invite in and allow and make space for what we can, little bits at a time. And of course, that also goes for joy, Right? Gratitude, sense of contentment and well-being and balance. Whenever terrible things unfold in a very public way in the world, we sometimes feel like we have to damper our spirits or we feel joy and then we feel guilt about the joy. And we minimize or hold back in our feelings of, of goodness in this world. It's important that we give space for both, right? Letting ourselves be totally, completely human. That when we're having a good day and a happy moment, that we give space for that happiness, that we allow ourselves that happiness. Minimizing our happiness doesn't serve anybody in this world. 
And of course, when grief shows up, we give the grief space to So just taking a few more breaths here, grounding into the body, staying very present, staying very present in this practice of you allowing yourself to be the way you are. That's an important practice to have. If we're not living it embodied every day, it takes a lot, I think, to get to that place. And we have a steady practice of letting ourselves be, letting ourselves feel, letting ourselves grow, letting ourselves be human. Hmm. Let's take a cleansing breath here. So the fullest breath in you've taken all day long. Inhale in through the nose. Open the mouth and let something go. <sighs> Hi. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I'm faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Hi. <laughs> Uh, I say that and I could cry and I say that and I could laugh. This has been a week, everyone. Whoa. So uh, if I just begin with a thing that's, I guess, you know, I, I, I use this analogy a lot when we're holding a lot in our hearts, right? When our hearts are carrying a lot, when we've had a, you know, new information come our way, or we have a pain or a grief or something that we're holding there in the heart space. If we keep accumulating and we don't have the space to process, you know, or we don't have someone to talk to, or we don't have a way to release and to kind of unburden and someone to help us hold some space for everything we're carrying, eventually it gets too much, right? 
And the feeling oftentimes when our heart is holding too much, it's like we're stacking one thing on top of the other and the heart runs out of space. And where do things go? Well, they, they rise up into the throat, right? And we have whatever's weighing our hearts down. It starts to impact our ability to communicate. And it goes into the throat and we can get this feeling of, you know, that feeling of choking up, that feeling of, oh, I can't contain this anymore. It's like the body's way to make us talk about the thing, to make us cry the tears that we're not crying, that feeling of heart rising up into the throat, I, I feel it so palpably right now. And I haven't had a shortage of tears <laughs> that I, I promise. But just that feeling of, of yeah, <sighs> feeling of, of overwhelm and <sighs> feeling of my heart just being heavy, just carrying and holding a lot. So yeah, the thing that is most rising from my heart into my throat right now is um, Dennis and I got some really hard and really scary news about a loved one, about about family, and it's not nothing I want to share on here in specifics, but just one of those things that comes your way and you kind of realize that nothing else really matters right? And I've had that feeling all since the war in Ukraine started. This feeling like at the drop of a dime, everything can just change. This feeling of absolute fragility, that life really is so fragile, that this idea of order, you know, and things making sense isn't really real. It's something that I think a lot of us have been grappling with since the beginning of the pandemic. And it was so swift then, right? This, Because even though there's discord in the world, there's pain, there's things that shouldn't be happening, there's injustice, there's so much, right? But before the pandemic, I at least had some kind of semblance, like a feeling that felt like there's some structure here, right? Like this idea of some sort of world order, even though I know on a on an intimate level, like that's not really true. And a lot of this that we call order in terms of the systems and the governments and the laws put into place and the societal rules of what we're supposed to and not supposed to, there's a lot of stuff there that doesn't work. And that is bullshit. Like we know that. And we see that with the unjust, injustice that is unfolding every single day. But at some big macro, super objective kind of zoomed out level, I had this belief inside that that there is order in the world somehow, like that there is this structure of like a container of safety in a sense, like on a grand scale that we're going in the right direction, right? That, that somehow we are constantly evolving and things are getting better, right? Yeah, it was just this fundamental feeling of even though things can crumble and there can be chaos and there is injustice, like there is some sort of stability in the world, <laughs> which of course was a huge illusion, right? Not at all true, but that's how I felt. Coming, of course, from a privileged place and having had a lot of stability as an adult and all of this, but I had that feeling just, and then overnight, or it felt very overnight, all of a sudden, the whole world felt unsafe, right? All of a sudden, everything coming our way was so scary, all of a sudden, everything that we knew as normal and as routine and as 
how we interact with each other as human beings and going to work and going to school and, and all of these things, everything just fell apart, right? Everything just fucking collapsed. And for me, it kind of in a good way also, I think that it shattered that illusion of, of everything somehow at the end of the day is, 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 is in order, right? Because, you know, it, it wasn't like the pandemic just on its own collapsed everything, but it really showed us how fragile these systems are, how fragile our society is, like how fragile health is also, you know, and this idea of safety. And, and I think this pandemic could have played out in different ways, right? But it really showed the existing weaknesses of, of the structure of, of these societies and these structures that we live in. And yeah, there hasn't been and still isn't healthcare for everyone. There hasn't been and still isn't justice for everyone. There's so much that's so fucked up in this world. And this pandemic kind of brought that to everybody's forefront. And since then, for me personally, just on an emotional level, I really have had this feeling like no one's going to look out for me. I just had that. Yeah, I, 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 that whatever illusion that at the end of the day, everything's fine was completely shattered for me in a, in a way that I think was good at the end of it all because it really shifted my view of the kind of life I want to create and it shifted my view of the kind of service I want to provide and the kind of community I want to build. Like it changed my way of thinking completely and I'm grateful for that. But it it was a really scary thing. It is a really scary thing and it's still it's still happening, right, to not know <laughs> or I guess to be faced with the unknown that's always been there. Because the truth is, we don't know. We live these cushy lives, right? Or most of us do, many of us do listening to this podcast, I know. And we have these kind of comfortable things going on where we go to work and pay bills and take care of our kids and deal with stuff. And it's just... It's we all have problems, but it's like manageable. Even the problems that feel really big and and you know huge, at the big grand scheme of things, they're kind of manageable, right? So before the pandemic, I was dealing with burnout, and that was the whole. That was everything for me. That this burnout, this feeling of of overwhelm, this feeling of I can't keep up, this feeling of of illness and being sick, like it was everything you know, everything, A to Z, it's like, how am I going to manage my life, right? And then I can look back at that now and realize like, okay, you know, that was, <laughs> it felt like everything, but it was just a small part of me and how I interact with my own life, right? And the problems I had around that were always like things that felt really big and things that related to the business or an employee or me and Dennis bickering about something or issues I had with my mom and just life, right? These are the things that make up life. It's not all butterflies and rainbows and puppies and ice cream, right? It's like, it's real. And the pandemic and everything crumbling, I think brought me and I think brought a lot of us some perspective, right? And some some gratitude for the normalcy that we have all been just longing to get back to, like how many months did I spend just yearning for those basic problems I was dealing with pre-pandemic when I wasn't worried about our safety, when I wasn't worried about 
<laughs> about the world ending when I wasn't worried about like, are we going to be okay? When I wasn't worried about, is my daughter going to ever have a normal life? Are we going to have community? Are we going to hug again? I mean, these huge major things. And I think a lot of us, we've kind of gotten used to this new world, right? Which is a world with less illusion, a world where it's very palpable that life is fragile, right? There, there's very little that's steady and secure. And we've all been looking for those things in our lives that make us feel more steady and more secure, ways to ground, ways to take care of our families, ways to build community in a really sustainable and connected way. A lot of us, all of us, we've changed our lives, right? We really have. And there has been some good, of course, coming out of this big shift. And some people will say, well, this is part of evolution, right? It's part of growth. This is, this is what it's supposed to be. I have a hard time with those kinds of sweeping statements, you know, tell someone who's lost someone like this is, <laughs> this is what it was supposed to be. It's like the most insulting thing you could ever say. But I get that point of view too, that like at the end of the day, isn't it all growth, right? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I, I feel a little bit cynical now, but um, I have since the pandemic really try to cling to creating something that's going to feel normal. <sighs> and I could cry sharing this. I mean, it's it's a very emotional week, but all of last year, right? It was March 15th of last year. I'm recording this. It's March 16th. So the anniversary of this was yesterday. We had to move out of our home, right? And we never returned and started this journey of, you know, I'm not going to say homeless because we didn't act, we still own our home and it still stands, right? But we entered this unbelievably uncertain time of, of losing more of our normalcy, right? Losing our foundation, losing our roots, losing our home and our day-to-day -day lives, even though the walls of the house still stands and, and all of that. We're, you know, I'm not disregarding the privilege of that. Like people lose much bigger things. <laughs> Can you tell them? <laughs> I feel this huge need to mention, I know how privileged I am because I really have a hard time talking about my own problems when there's so much happening in the world. And there's people who are losing so much more, right? And have lost so much more and much more than I can ever wrap my head around. So I'm, I'm trying to keep this balance of sharing mine and also holding the whole. And a friend told me today, if she was here, she would have slapped me in the face. She was like, can you spend five seconds letting yourself have your issues without apologizing for them? Like there's always going to be a war there's always going to be famine. There's always going to be disease. There's always going to be pain. And it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to go through your own personal stuff. And I know she's right. And I know like I have said the same things to friends. I've said the same things to you on this podcast. Like our day-to-day -day stuff still matter, right? And then I said at the beginning of the show, like who do we serve by minimizing our happiness or minimizing our wounds? I know, I know. But I really am having a hard time finding balance here. I, I really, really, really do. Especially, you know, <laughs> like having having people fleeing war, like in my house right now, or having conversations with people now who are dealing with family members they haven't reached for days. Like, 
I had that conversation five minutes ago before I came here. There's just so much more, right? And it's really present. Anyway, now I'm rambling. I'm sorry. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I realized this week that, you know, it was the anniversary of us going through this thing, which was for us absolutely a trauma, right? Which was this super scary thing, and it kicked off the hardest time in mine and Dennis's relationship and the hardest time as a parent and the most uncertainty we've ever had. And that was a year into an existing pandemic. I mean, it it was uncertainty upon uncertainty. And what really got me through, especially the end of last year, when it just got too much and I realized, okay, this is it. We need to make a change. Part of me wanting to make that big, big change was because I wanted to create a safer life right? I had that big experience of if this shit falls apart, no one's going to take care of us. We lived on a tiny island that is completely incapable of supporting itself with a government that doesn't actually fully know how to support its people. Where like, if there's no import of goods for a week, like everyone will starve. That's just the reality. It sounds really harsh, but it's just the reality. And it's the reality for a lot of places in this world. Very few places are self-sustaining, self-supporting. It's like another, you know, like shining the flashlight on another existing weakness and flaw in these capitalistic systems that we have created. Or it's like if it wasn't all about fucking trade and money, right? If it was about community and taking care of our people, we wouldn't have countries that completely export all of their most valuable things to put all of those assets into pockets of billionaire corporations and then re-import like bullshit fast foods and things that make people sick and then have people slave away at minimum wage to try to make ends meet. It's like, it's, okay, this is driving me crazy even thinking about this. But so there is a scenario where Aruba as a tiny island could support itself a hundred percent. You know, there is a, an, a version of that, of the island where there's farming and farmer's markets and sustainable farming practices that can actually feed the people and especially in an isolated community where there's really a small limit of of people that you need to take care of like it's totally possible the island could be self-sustaining but there's no capitalistic gain from doing that right so it's not happening and I had that big realization of like okay whatever ends the world whatever next crisis comes if it's this pandemic or the next pandemic or a fucking world war or natural disaster there's more of them every year i started thinking in this way right we are not going to be able to take care of ourselves and no one else is going to take care of ourselves either so part of wanting to move off the island was wanting to create a safer life right and I'm not, I wasn't talking about that a ton, but it's kind of what drives me in a way that, you know, I want to be self-sustaining and as much as I can and grow my own foods as much as I can because it brings me joy and it puts me in contact and connection with the earth and it's healing for me and helpful for me, but also 
it's the logistics of feeding my family, right? There's a component of, of calm and safety to that, that knowing if there's no more food on the shelves of the grocery store tomorrow, like I, I know what to do, right? I want to get back to something more ancestral and more, more authentic. And if all of a sudden here the world opens up this huge thing where you can't really live here anymore or you have to decide, do you want to make an effort to stay here? No. So we chose Sweden. And all of last year, you know, I was envisioning this place, this little house where we are on this land by the water and all the things I'm going to grow and the peace. I'm envisioning this huge, well-stocked pantry filled with like foods that I have grown, you know, filled with food that, that I was able to grow from seed to, I'm envisioning this like very earthy, circular, like oh, this life and this feeling of we're so safe here, right? And we get to Sweden and we get fucking five minutes, literally five minutes. <laughs> we got to Sweden and Sweden escalated immediately. COVID was the worst it has ever been. No one could go anywhere, no cinemas, no gathering. I mean, all that stuff started back up after two years of it with this panicky feeling of, oh my God, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. And then as quickly as that happened, that just went away and they decided, actually, it's not bad. <laughs> you know, a lot of this is also like the information that we take to heart. Like two months later, they suddenly des decide this is not this is not an illness that's dangerous to society anymore. So they de-escalated it. And in Sweden, it's not called a pandemic. It's just a flu now. <laughs> so all of a sudden, no, no passports, no this, no regulation. All the cinemas open. You can gather. Concerts are back. And it really felt like just because of how swiftly that happened, like someone just decided that, right? Like, I don't know what to trust, really. And I had this feeling of like, oh, like, I need this, this reiteration of like, I need to just stay really close to my own family and to nature and to my own heart and listen here, right? I can't take in all the information I get from these outside entities because I don't know how much I can trust this shit coming my way. How can it be true? That in December, they're basically saying we're all going to die and stay the fuck home. And in February, go party. I mean, I, it's really hard for me to, to put my trust in, in the people making those decisions, right? And I think, you know, I know everyone's doing their best and this is not easy to navigate. But there was just, again, this feeling of like uncertainty and kind of like who's really in charge, you know, and do they really know what the fuck they're doing, <laughs> I don't know. And then they took all the restrictions away and it was like, oh my God, well, okay, we can travel again. We can like, I immediately took Leia like to the museum again and like had, we had a party for her birthday, like we, things we wouldn't have planned. Like all of that is just fine now. And uh, five minutes of that we had. And then now there's a war next door and everyone I know is like stockpiling goods and preparing for the worst and everyone knows where the closest like bunker is to their home we don't have one close to us um and all conversations are you know how can we help people fleeing this war-torn country is the war going to come really close to us um nato this or nato not you know what is putin really going to do and if they were to blow up one of these nuclear facilities what would happen to us what would happen to them it's it's just 
it's it's a it's a, a next level conversation around how nothing is safe, right? No one's safe. No one's safe. It's and and at the same time, I I know I have a nervous system that's really sensitive to these things. And I mean, we all do. We all do. Oh my god! But I also have a very empathic side where I, it's it's near impossible for me to take in and listen to other people's suffering and not like take it on almost, right? And we're all doing this and to, to a certain extent. We're all reading these news. We're all getting this information. We're all grappling with the fucked up challenge of, I mean, I was, I was reading this big article yesterday about, I didn't know, but that there are refugees from other countries that aren't allowed to enter the very same countries that are now opening their doors to every single person from Ukraine to the extent of like people have died freezing to death in the winter time because they were hiding and they didn't get asylum. And it's like, how are we doing this to some people? And then opening the doors like wide to other people. I, I can't. It's like the injustice is wrapped up in another injustice and this suffering which is so valid and we need to help these people and take care of them and also like that somehow is contrasting to other people's suffering who have the same right to be held and taken care of and accepted and welcomed and it's all so fucked up <laughs> i know i started this podcast saying wow but like this it's all so fucked up okay it's all fucked up it was there was fucked up shit before the pandemic. The pandemic kind of fucked us all up. <laughs> now there is war and it's just everything is linked to more fuckery. And I think for so many of us, it's like we just want peace. You know, we just want peace for everyone. I just want like my heart just breaks you know i want everyone in this world to be free from harm and safe and good right i mean we all want that so badly yet somehow this world is so far from that and it feels like to me like it's getting further from that every fucking week every week there's another something you know, and I just, and I'm starting to experience this discord, right, on a cellular level, where all of a sudden, like, especially over these past few days, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't known what to do anymore. You know, like last week, I really felt like if I, if I keep helping people to the extent that I can, you know, I, I keep, doing my best to find housing, to find support groups, to donate goods, to donate money, to talk to people, to link people, to help, to be there with a helping hand. And I do that and I do all of my self-care stuff, right? Like I, this, that's the, the way. And then this week, I, I don't feel that way at all. I mean, I feel, I need to continue those things. Obviously the service and the self-care, it's like, it's, it's, it's all we can do right now and it's what we should be doing now but I somehow yeah in the middle of all of this we got this these really 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 scary news about a family member and 
and it's not related to the pandemic, right? And it's not related to this war. And it's just one of those regular human moments of suffering that people experience that we, or that I kind of have forgotten exists too, right? It's almost this feeling like the world is really fragile. Our safety is really fragile. There's so much pain and suffering everywhere on this grand scale. And then all of a sudden we had something just very personal happen. And I kind of forgot about that, you know? Like I forgot, even though I've experienced it so many times, like I, I kind of forgot that there's also like the car accidents and the illnesses and the separations and the divorces and the diseases and the loss of like a, on a regular individual level. Like I kind of forgot that those things still happen the same way they did before. And then now, yeah, something arrived really close to us. And it, it's kind of like it brought my feeling of of discord and unsafety, you know, from a really global holy shit scale to like right home, you know. And I don't know what to do with it. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. And it's funny, I mean, not funny, none of this is funny, but it's funny because <laughs> it is kind of funny. I, it's, I'm recording this, it's Wednesday. On Sunday, our home course begins, <laughs> which I know is, you know, the embodiment of service and self-care wrapped up into one with all the tools I have. It's like I put all the tools I have all the practices I have, everything that brings me back home, I put in a little box and I tied a bow around it. And it's like, now I get to share this and I'm so grateful for it. And a year ago, I mean, over a year ago, I, I created this course and I've been thinking about this day, right? March 20th, it's spring equinox, the first live, which officially opens the circle for us all. I've been thinking about this day every day for over a year, every single day. I've been getting closer and closer and closer to March 20th, which has been this defining, you know, for so long. It's like we finally start and I've been longing for this day and waiting for this day. I've been so excited for this day. And I've had this idea <laughs> and it is funny. I've had this idea in the back of my head that <laughs> March is going to be the most peaceful month of my life. 
I had this vision that after a year of chaos or several years of chaos, I'm going to finally be like living on my land and with my garden and tending to the earth. And I envisioned myself kind of like I suddenly would have become this like housewife or homesteader wife that just wears an apron all day making sourdough loaves while Dennis goes to work and I just cook and garden and that's it, right? I'm just with the land. And I I've even had it in my calendar, like nothing comes up in March. Just March is just peace and grounding, like getting ready to hold space for this group. We're getting ready to to meet these people and getting ready to start this journey. <laughs> and it is funny because how fucking naive is that? <laughs> and I know from experience because I do this every time I embark on a big project or a big journey or a teacher training or something like that. It's like, oh, I'm going to be, here is what my life is going to be when I start that journey. And it's never that. (laughs) Not once has it ever been what I put it in, in my head that I wanted it to be or that I thought it should be, right? There's always right at the cusp of that important moment, something comes up And usually it's the thing that softens my heart, right? It's the thing that cracks me open a little bit, that puts me right in that vulnerable space to be able to lead with an open heart so that I don't lead and guide from the idea of being on some pedestal or someone who knows or some bullshit, right? It's always something that cracks me just the perfect amount open. And at the end of it, after I finish the thing, I can always look back and see that hard thing that happened right before it was so beautiful, right? And it was so perfect that that happened in that timing because thanks to that, I could be vulnerable enough to really guide. <laughs> and I know that's what's happening now because March has been the most chaotic month. <laughs> I mean, on a global scale and on a personal level, it's been so chaotic and really hard. Really, really, really hard. And it's not the peace and quiet of me sitting in my garden doing nothing else and then going down to lead my life from this zen perfect enlightened place like no there's fucking war and refugees and pain and suffering and people in our family deeply deeply suffering and disconnect and injustice and what the fuck right? That's what it is. And I also recognize that if I was sitting here now about to step into this course and I was feeling complete enlightenment and peace and groundedness, that would mean I would be completely disconnected from everything happening in the world, right? It would mean literally I'm on a different planet and I'm glad I'm not on a different planet because I'd rather be here with all of you going through these hard things than be alone somewhere else. I would rather be here feeling this much, holding hands with you who are listening now, holding hands with the circle on Sunday, holding hands with my family, holding hands with Ukraine, holding hands with everyone, than be up on some mountaintop, you know, totally disconnected. So I'm... I'm glad I'm a human being. I'm grateful to be a human being because I know I'm not alone. <laughs> I I wish I knew what tomorrow would bring. I wish I had some 
grand piece of advice to leave you with. I absolutely don't. (laughs) Just the next time your heart kind of swells to the point of everything rising up into your throat, you know, cry the tears that you need to cry. Say the words you need to say. Share and open up about the heavy, hard things. Because every time you do, you get reminded that you are not alone, right? And every person you share with and cry with, they get reminded that they are not alone. And it is our humanity that is our strength. It's our fragility and vulnerability that is our power. It is, it is, it is. It's not a weakness. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something to hide and tuck away, right? It's a goddamn blessing to be a feeling human being in this world. So hold your heart, hold your heart. And I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all the episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. And of course, a huge thank you to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this podcast. This was, as always, a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.